All righty. We're going to play a game, guys. Okay? So, first and foremost, get a pen, get a paper, pull out your notes app on your phone, whatever it might be. Okay? Got it? Great. All right. What keywords does your website currently rank for? Take a couple seconds. Right? One, two, three, four. I give you a few, not just a couple. What doesn't it rank for that you think it should rank for? Okay, one, two, three, four. Now, what are a few keyword opportunities that you could be winning on if you just simply tweaked some of your existing website copy? Got it? Okay, how'd you do? Ooh, not so hot. Not sure what you can, what you're currently ranking for, or not sure what you could be ranking for. Well, that's okay because our friends at DD Agency want to help you answer all of these questions. DD Agency is a higher ed specific marketing technology agency that has conducted countless SEO audits for colleges and universities across the country. In these audits, they detail where you currently rank, what you could be ranking for, exactly how copy should be tweaked on website pages, and so much more. If this sounds like something that you could benefit from, give the guys at DD Agency a ping and be sure to mention that Enrollify sent you to claim a 10% discount on any of their SEO offerings. So head on over to enrollify.org forward slash DDA SEO. That's DDA as in DD Agency SEO, or simply follow the link in the show notes below. That will guarantee you get a 10% discount off of your audit. All right, head on over to enrollify.org slash D-D-A-S-E-O or simply Google DD Agency, find DD Agency's website, and be sure to mention that you heard about them through Enrollify when you request your audit. All right, folks, back to the show. I can't dedicate for instance, an entire person on my team to the School of Business. We just don't have enough resource for that. My resources really have to go into marketing the college as a whole. But that's not to say that a school or department doesn't deserve to have promotional efforts. But what I can do, I can't dedicate a person, but I can support. I can give tips. I can give advice. And I can help people from across campus feel more supportive, comfortable, and empowered when it comes to those marketing duties. All right, Allison, we are live. We are live. How are you doing today? I am doing really great. How about you, Zach? I I'm doing well. As we, as we were just chatting about right before I hit record, I my son actually slept for like four hours for or four and a half hours for like the first time, which I, I, <laughs> like I and Allison like I need my sleep. Like I'm like an eight mm, eight hour too. like ride or die person, right? And so. I, I just forgot what it felt like to have like four and a half consecutive hours. I feel like I just got like 10 hours of sleep. So I, I'm doing I'm doing excellent on this, <laughs> on this Wednesday morning. Awesome. <laughs> I'm pumped for this conversation because, Allison, we have a, an exciting announcement. You are joining the Enrollify Podcast Network family and are going to be the new host of season two of the application. I am. I'm super excited about it. And we could not be more excited to, to have you here. So my what I wanted to do with this podcast, this will be kind of like a, a relatively short and sweet episode. Uh, but for folks who kind of tune into the core show, I want them to learn a little bit more about Allison and a little bit more about kind of who you are, how you think, all that fun stuff. You've been on this podcast. And I think like 
almost every, if not every other Enrollify podcast yeah. as a guest. <laughs> I definitely have at least a trifecta. At least a trifecta. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, and so you I've know, actually been on the one that I'm going to be host of. Yeah. Look at that. It's yeah. funny how that works, right? <laughs> uh, let that be a lesson for you all. If you were listening to this podcast, you could you be a know. host. You never know. You never know. <laughs> you might get an email from Zach. And you'd be like, oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, we, yeah, we are. We are just ecstatic to have you. Um, you've just been, I've learned so much from you over the last couple of years since I've been following you and then, uh, you know, having you on this podcast and, and several of our other podcasts. Um, but I'm, I'm super pumped to see what Allison does as like a host. So this is going to be, this is going to be fun. So what I want to do, uh, Allison is just help folks who are tuning into this show who, who again, might have never listened to the application. Um, Corinne Myers, a, a great friend of ours was the host of season one of that show. Um, and she did some awesome stuff. If you want to go and catch up on season one of the application, I highly, highly encourage you to do so. But, you know, season two, we're going to shake things up a little bit. We got a new host, which also means we have, you know, new opportunities to test out new things and, and to and to experiment with new topics and interview other people. Uh, but before we dive into kind of your your quick thoughts, Allison, on on what season two of the application will look like, I want to I want folks to learn a little bit more about you. So why don't you start by just giving us a, a kind of a quick overview of what your professional career uh, in, in higher education has looked like so far? Well, I might be a little bit odd in that sense because my entire career has been at Siena College. Oh, there I've, you go. Yeah, I, th I think that's pretty unique, um, but something I'm really proud of. So I've been at Siena for more than 16 years. I started out right out of graduation as an assistant director okay. of, I think, communication at the time and it was really focused on writing i used to write the admissions brochures and for the alumni magazine I, I was a copywriter um and now i'm an assistant vice president for enrollment and marketing and i still copyright something for sienna every day <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how <laughs> there's that always some writing there's always <laughs> some writing it's never left me um i'm also an adjunct professor of marketing at the college i teach social media marketing, digital marketing, or just general marketing, whatever is needed. This semester, I'm just doing the intro to marketing course. I'm really excited about it. I'm so lucky that I get to have that time in the classroom at, and the administrator role. It's yeah. sort of like a hybrid and I get the best of both worlds. Um, and I'm finishing my doctorate in the next couple of months. Woo! I'm like 95% done with my dissertation. So I'll be setting up my defense fairly soon. Um, and that will be in higher ed leadership from Northeastern University. Okay. I love it. Wow. That's awesome. Quick note on the, uh, the coursework that you teach. How, how cool is it to like be able to teach a course while you're also like, I, I, I mean, you might yeah. not identify as this from my perspective, like you you've really in the last i don't know like year or so sort of like kicking butt on social media watching you sort of like grow in in sort of sharing your perspectives and 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 your thoughts on on marketing specifically in higher education uh and it, it's been fun to like follow you on linkedin and twitter and and, and kind of see see a little bit more about like what goes on in allison's mind and like how you think right mm -hmm. and i imagine it must be like fun to like test out you know, not that you're writing the threads or, or, or tweets just for, for the engagement uh, side of things, but it must be kind of fun and interesting to kind of see how different content performs on social as you're also sort of like, you know, being able to like share with your students, hey, yes. this is what social media is today. Like, this is how you might build a brand today as opposed to, you know, 10 years ago. I think my intro to marketing yeah. course when I was in college was taught by somebody who hadn't practiced marketing in like 30 years. So it's so cool yeah that you are like on the front lines, not only are you marketing for, for Sienna, 
you're you've done a really good job of building your personal brand and you get to teach that to your students. I love it. I and I think the students really enjoy some of the real examples that I can give them. And you know, the one thing that I've learned is how fast marketing changes. You mm. know, I like to tell them all, they probably get bored by it, but I like to tell them all that when I first started in marketing, you couldn't even have a Facebook page as a brand, you know, so it's, it really has changed really fast in 16 years. Yeah. What I've seen, I could have never predicted, predicted TikTok. You couldn't have never predicted no. TikTok. So we talk about the things that are current, but I also try to stress the things that will never change about mm. marketing <laughs> because all I can promise them is that the tactics and the tools will change. Yeah. I cannot tell them what they will be in a year from now, the things that they'll have. So they need the skills to be able to adapt and learn those things really quickly and really just understand the core things of marketing, like understanding your audience. Um, those are the things that they need to carry through their entire careers. And those other things will come and go. And I feel like striking the balance there is is so appropriate. Like. And quite quite frankly, difficult because I think sometimes we can get caught up in thinking, oh, well, the foundations or like the principles of marketing, or you hear about the the four P's, or you know, if yeah. you if you know Terry Flannery's like philosophy, the the five P's of marketing. You know, what can be challenging is we either get caught up in that, or we get caught up in like, oh, like you know, nothing. Uh, we can't we can't learn anything from the past. We can't learn anything from like a pre digital yeah. era, right? Uh, yeah. And if you don't know TikTok, you know nothing about marketing, right? And it's like, no, like. There, there are foundational principles, much of which is is rooted in psychology that can that have mm -hmm. been true and continue to be true today. Like I, I think about like copywriting. I'm glad that you brought that up at at the forefront of this conversation. As you, you are a copywriter, so much of like copywriting today is is the same principles and tactics that work to sell or communicate an idea worked 30 40 50 70 years ago right you know we'll see if chat gpt and all these new copy ai tools that are popping up you know radicalize this and, and revolutionize this but i do think that there are so many principles that we still use in our day-to-day -day job as marketers that were true decades ago yeah i totally agree so I, I want to hear about uh, something that's like not on your LinkedIn profile, okay? <laughs> that that you are especially proud of, and it, and it can't be like my family and my kids, and of course you're proud of your family, and of course you're proud yeah. of your kids, but like what what's something that folks might not know about your professional journey, or something that you've done, or a project you worked on that you're that you're proud of? No, this was hard for me because I'm pretty transparent, um, especially when it comes to professionals. So I'll I'll share one personal. And then I'll share one professional. My personal is that I've run two half marathons, and one of them was to raise money for Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Wow. Um, so that that is a really proud moment for me. And then professionally, I think people know that I have presented several times at American Marketing Association, but I believe in 20, it was in 2019, a team of us presented in Las Vegas, and it was all about experiential marketing. And we really made the presentation itself experiential huh. we used music and we had giveaways there was food we made the presentation about what we were trying to sell everybody on this idea of um, experiential marketing and i'm not saying this to brag but when we're walking through caesar's palace we were getting stopped by people <laughs> saying oh you're the sienna people so that was a really proud moment because it felt like it really resonated with mm. people and they had a good time but also learned something and we got asked to come to other conferences and do that presentation. So I'd say that was a really proud moment. And also because I did it with 
I, it wasn't me. It was a collaboration between yeah. Sienna and Creative Communication Associates. And and so it was getting to work with these people and tell the story of what the things we were doing at Sienna, but in a way other people could apply it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that. And I, I was actually at that event. I don't think I was at, uh, at the presentation because I'm sure I would have remembered it if I was. We were like a vendor there, so we didn't get to go to many of the presentations. But I love that. And what's funny about that example, Allison, is you strike me as somebody that is is really good at like being creative and innovative and like spinning up, you know, new things. Again, I I think about like the things I've learned from you or the perspectives uh, that that you do share. You you talked about being pretty transparent. I think you're really transparent with things that your team are, are, you know, is working on and and things that you're testing. Right. And um, I've learned a lot from, from you just through again, social. So it's cool to see you kind of literally like present an experiential session that's all about experiential marketing. So I want to talk a little bit about sort of like your philosophy on marketing, right? So you, again, have this cool perspective of being a marketer yourself, teaching a marketing course, uh, and then also doing like a really cool job of, of building a personal brand. So uh, I, I'm curious how you frame the role that marketing plays like in the context of higher ed to your team. Obviously, you know, people that work in higher ed marketing come from like a variety of backgrounds and not everyone's always on the same page about like what what it means to to be a marketer in higher ed. So how do you think about that? And how do you communicate that to your team? So for me, three things come to mind. First is, especially in higher ed, what marketing is, the definition is so misunderstood. You know, people think that it's buying ads, making logos, uh, creating flyers, posting on social media. But when I think about what Seth Godin has said before, he says marketing should be about creating conditions for the network effect. Mm. And the network effect happens when you produce something worth talking about. Mm. So I think marketing's job is to produce and help others on campus produce something worth talking about. So that means we need to be responsible for providing insights that help inform decisions that make that happen. It needs to help inform decisions on product, student service, student experience. Yeah. And and it's not just about the messaging and the branding and the positioning that's normally associated with a college. Um, It's not just a logo or ad. Brands are all encompassing. Every interaction that happens on campus contributes to that brand. So I I have a very all-encompassing view of the role of marketing um, and how marketing can make a difference. The second thing I think um, when I think about my team and and what we need to accomplish, it's not just marketing the college, but also supporting the other people on campus who aren't on the team, but who have marketing and communications responsibilities, right? Because that's always going to happen on a college campus. There's just so much communication and marketing to do and things that are specific to program level that I can't provide the resources to. So other people do it. And we need to be support for that. And then the third thing is, this is more specific to what's happening at Siena right now. We've really been asked in our current strategic plan to consider the experience of our marketing efforts from the student perspective. Hmm. So not just what do we want to say, what does the organization want to put out, what do we want to say about a reputation, but really consider what is the experience of all those tactics we're putting out into the field from the receiver's perspective. Yeah, yeah, those are three excellent uh, answers to to that question. On, on the last point there, it's it's really interesting to see, I feel like 
I don't know if it's just the algorithms on Twitter and LinkedIn recently realizing that I'm clicking on more of this stuff. So I'm, I'm seeing more of it or if there's actually like more content out there about okay. about like the customer experience in higher education. Right. Mm-hmm. And like and thinking very critically about like what would it mean? I think actually Corinne Myers had somebody on her show um, that talked all about sort of like the customer experience in higher ed and, and having having essentially sort of like a, a chief experience officer, right? Like a, a different kind of CEO, right? That really does focus on and, and think about like, what what are we, what do people think that we are offering? What are we actually offering? And what do we say we offer, right? And like, how do, how do all those things stack up against each other? So I, I love that that's part of your all's strategic plan. I think that, that that's like a massive win for marketing. Like it's a massive win for marketing that like that that's a you know university-wide sort of a, a objective here um on that note i i am curious do you have any specific goals around you know I, students are certainly a stakeholder on, on campus they're the core customer but what about like other people on campus like how how are you thinking about getting other people excited about marketing i think one okay. of the challenges for many people to your earlier point is marketing sounds like a chore or it seems like another thing I have to do yeah. or like, no, I don't want to change the way that I wrote this email. I, I don't care about to be creative when it comes here. So how is your team thinking about quite frankly, inspiring other units on campus to get excited about marketing? Well, I think you have to prove, you know what you're doing <laughs> and you've got to produce results. So people trust in it. So I think, I think that's one, but the second thing is to collaborate with people and co-create and bring them into the fold. So we in December just surveyed, about 60 people that the senior administration identified that have marketing or communications job responsibilities. Maybe it's not even in their title. For most people, it's not in their title and they're not on either the marketing team or the communications team, but they're doing responsibilities related to that. So we surveyed them and we asked them, what do they like about it? Hmm. What are the pain points about it? You know, and and what is sort of what what types of things are you working on and what would help make those things easier for you. So now we can help. <laughs> now we can support. Now we have the information. Um, you know, I can't dedicate, for instance, an entire person on my team to the School of Business. We just don't have enough resource for that. Our my resources really have to go into marketing the college as a whole. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But that's not to say that a school or department doesn't deserve to have promotional efforts. But what we can't, what I can do, I can't dedicate a person, but I can support, I can give tips, I can mm. give advice. So, and I can help people from across campus feel more supportive, comfortable, and empowered when it comes to those marketing duties, because they might not have a marketing degree. Yeah. You know, this might be their first experience where they're give, given these responsibilities. So we're really trying to build out the ways that we can play a support role. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I was, I was talking to somebody recently and asked asked a similar question this was not on a podcast this was just offline um and i was like hey like how are you how are you thinking about getting other people on campus like excited about the work that you're doing because again if if folks are excited about the work that you that you're doing if, if they feel like hey there's momentum here they're they're going to be advocates for not just your team but for, for the institution you know it, 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 organizations right like colleges every single person that's walking on campus right can can either help or hurt your like word of mouth, right? Like help or hurt your brand, right? And I think you know the the, the role, a role of 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 marketing is to figure out how do we make sure that the the words being said about us are way more helpful than they are hurtful, right? Uh, that, that's one objective, anyways. Anyways, this individual was saying 
that they're, you know, they also don't have a lot of resources. They can't dedicate individual marketers or, or, or individual staff to individual schools or colleges. So what they started doing is they started putting out these like loom videos, these super simple, like two minute, like loom videos of like, Hey, you know, every week, Hey, I'm Allison. I you know, head up marketing here. Uh, here are like three things that you could do this week to help our brand, right? And it's like, or to, you know, to help our promotion offers. And it's it's very specific. Like, there's gonna be a social post that goes out on Instagram about this. If you could like it, that'd be awesome, right? Or or something a little bit more complex. Like, hey, we're hosting this event. If you know anyone in your in your personal networks that you think might be a good fit. Could you share this link with them or something like that? Anyways, and they found a lot of cool success because one, it's super simple, very, very quick. It's a very specific ask. They've sent this video out to to you know the the everyone who plays some sort of marketing or communications uh, role uh, at the at their respective college, and it's been like wildly successful for them. If if for nothing else, just helping people understand, oh, this is what Allison and her team do all day, right? Like these are the things on their minds. Yeah, that's true, and you can't expect people to get excited if it feels like a burden mm. so you have to try to lower those barriers and make it easier for them because you're not going to ever get to excitement yeah. and you know every i've done a lot of research on customer experience in and out of higher ed and you one one thing is for sure you cannot have a great customer experience if you don't have a great employee experience employee mm. experience has to come First, hmm. you know, and I don't have the power to give everybody raises on this campus, but I, what's it, what is it within my power? Hmm. What are the ways that I can contribute? So those, those are the kinds of questions we're trying to ask ourselves, you know, how, about how we can support and how we can empower people because we're not going to hit excitement if we don't do those things first. I, I love that example. Um, and it, it reminds me, I was, I actually posted about this on LinkedIn, but I recently had to go to the Apple store cause I was turning in a phone and getting a new phone and. Anyways, every single employee at the Apple store that I talked to seemed to be having like the best day of their life, right? Like, and again, I, I don't know what's actually going on, but like, this is true of like every Apple store that I, that I seem to go to, I'm only, I'm, I only encounter positive, happy and helpful people that presume like presumably like enjoy what they do. And I feel like because Apple has done a lot of work to optimize and improve the employee experience, mm -hmm. the customer experience is so much better. And I leave that Apple store feeling like I've grown an affinity for the brand simply because of the people that are representing the brand that I interacted with. So I, I, I love that you are concerned about that and that that's top of mind for y'all. Yeah, that's, that's definitely it. We have to find ways um, and, you know, within my team, I have that, I have some power and control over that. Right. Yeah. Um, but I feel like marketers have an opportunity to influence more and mm. beyond, beyond just their team in that way. I, I love that. Uh, on that note, uh, of, of things that you think and, and, and whatnot, what are, what are a couple like hot takes or, or if that's too like, you know, uh, buzzy warm takes, um, <laughs> warm takes. <laughs> on, uh, on the future of, of marketing and higher ed that, that you hold kind of like near and dear to your heart. Do you follow Mark Schaefer? Have you ever seen? Oh, the name is so familiar. Yeah. I All right. You got to find him on Twitter. He's so good. So I subscribe to the Mark Schaefer school of thought that okay. the most human brand will win. Hmm. So we have, you know, most people will have a hot take. I think right now, if you ask about marketing and it's going to be about AI, it's going to be about CRMs or data or all the tech, like yep. the flashy tech stuff. Yeah. Um, and those are going to be great tools if you can figure out how to leverage them and still stay human. But yeah. I think sometimes when we have AI, AI and CRMs and all of this data, 
it can cause us to forget that there's real people hmm. with stories, with emotions, with problems that need solving behind those data points and at the receiving end of our communications, you hmm. know? So I don't think there's ever going to be a substitute for talking to your audience directly, understanding them and building empathy for them. Uh, I just don't think there's a substitute. So in a in a way, it's an old take <laughs> <laughs> yeah. because I think that's always been true. And I think the challenge is to find a way to use technology, but stay true to that. Yeah. And not let it cloud that. Yeah. Yeah. It should be it should be an, an, an enhancer of yeah. like your humanity and of your, your brand's experience not a detractor, not an in place of or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, we, do we have the technology if someone hits a certain page on our website, say someone hits the political science major on Sienna's website, do we have the technology to then start sending them all kinds of emails about political science? You know, you do a whole email series and then think about that times every program and think about that times every major section of the website, say residence life or yeah. Think about the content library. I mean, it's insane to exponential to even think about. Or you could just ask the person, what made you interested in political science? Yeah. You know, I think we can we can tend because we have the technology to do something to overcomplicate it and we can keep it simple and keep it human. We can leverage what we know, but still be personal. On that note, I've been thinking um just a lot about like marketing automation and how it's obviously like an incredibly remarkable tool that we use to personalize the customer experience. But but there's so much of it to your point now that it it does it it, it almost like I, I don't even think twice about it. Like when I hit a website, I expect sort of like an email, right? If the you know, if I've converted on that website in some way, shape or form before, yeah. I expect an email to hit my inbox sometime in the next 24 hours being like, did you find what you were looking for? Anything we can do yeah. to help blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I was thinking, I was like, you know what, I wonder if we're now at a moment where rather than continuing to invest, of course, you need some basic systems in place, but rather than like tripling down on like marketing automation, what if instead we just took that time, that energy and resources and like thought about our, our actual like owned properties, like our website and said, is this website doing everything it possibly needs to be doing to be as clear and concise and, and compelling as possible about what we do, why we matter, who we're a good fit for, and how to get started if if you're interested. And like, I wonder if like we're, we're living in a world where consumers have so, if people are really interested at the end of the day, right? Of course, there's a role that marketing needs to needs to play in sort of like generating that interest for sure. But once once we've cause we've done that, like maybe our time and resources would be better spent making sure that our website is absolutely quote unquote perfect right and so clear to these various stakeholders so that when they are ready like they can come they can consume through the pathway that they want to you know consume content in convert where they want to convert on rather than you know badgering them with zillions yeah. of emails like I, yeah. I i actually really do wonder if time and resources would be would be better spent doubling down there as opposed to being like all right what is workflow 172 that we can build to further customize you know after people hit this page three times and this page 17 times right like i, I wonder if we, we've kind of like reached a moment where that that is just like it, it it's no longer working well i think it goes back to what i said earlier about you have to think about the audience's experience of the marketing efforts. And I think if you use that as a starting place, probably automation is almost never the answer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Because I don't think there's any um, customer in the world that's probably going to say, 
I want more automated emails. I yeah. just don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> but you have to, you have to understand their behavior, and in those places, focus your time and energy. So I totally agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be. I'm very interested to see what's going to happen over the next couple of years here with with email and just with with data and obviously as, as changes with Google Analytics go into go into effect. Uh, depending on what happens with um, with things like ChatGPT gpt3 and like how, how just how search is going to evolve like we, we are living through kind of like this this moment where i think over the next few years it's going to be very exciting and very challenging for marketers i think the exciting thing is that getting in front of people is going to be harder um and and i, I should say knowing who we are getting in front of is going to be harder which I actually then think creates an environment where we have to get really, really creative and really, really, really thoughtful about our messaging, about kind of who, who we're talking to, how we're talking to. I actually think brand marketing is going to be way more important over the next few years than it has been over the last few, over the previous few years. I think we're going to see performance marketing maybe take a little bit of a dip in favor of brand marketing as it's just, quite frankly, harder to track all this stuff. But yeah, we'll see. I get excited and I, and I hope you do too. I do, but I... At the same time, I think, again, it's going to go back to those core things. That's what we're going to have to rely on. Um, brand marketing, but really brand marketing is word of mouth marketing, right? Because yeah. it's yep. way more important what other people say about the brand than what you want to put out about the brand. And so um, I think if word of mouth will mean everything, then for higher ed marketers, student experience is everything. Mm. Because every part of the brand that touches the student along their journey matters to marketing, reputation, and to brand. Yeah. Like, every single interaction if their needs aren't met then what we all do as marketers is meaningless yeah. right there's just there's no ad there's no message that can substitute for a student who's going out and telling everyone they had this amazing experience i don't care how big your budget is it just isn't ever going to cut cut it so i think saying core and really working at that word of mouth and you know and there'll be hesitation on campuses because sometimes when you start talking about student experience they think you mean the customer is always right. Yeah. <laughs> and we have to say yes to, you know, we're not, we're not, I'm not talking about giving students all A's or yeah. making sure they have absolutely no average adversity at all or no problems that they have to solve. What I'm talking, and, and in fact, by the way, in, in admissions where we're really doing this already, we tell people no more than anyone on a campus. Yeah. We deny students admission. Yeah. The waitlist students in financial aid, they tell them there's no additional scholarship money and, and that's what the cost is. We tell people no all the time, but how do you tell them no, but still leave them feeling good mm. about Sienna and still leave them willing to talk to other people and to recommend Sienna? That's really where the challenge is going to be. But the examples you're saying about the website and things like that, that all goes into it Yep. because that all goes into their perception about your organization yeah yeah I, I, perception is going to matter people are going to covet that like yep. what people say about you is going to matter way 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 more over the next it's always mattered to an extent but i do think people are going to care about it and top marketing executives at organizations again across industries are going to care mm -hmm. way more about that over these coming years uh than than we did previously so i, I i'm excited i think all, this is ultimately good for the consumer it's ultimately good for the customer if we can if we can perfect the experience that people are less badgered that yeah. people have more opportunity to follow and and engage in a meaningful way with the brands that they that they do want to engage with uh at the end of the day people are going to find 
the best fit customers. And I think it's going to be, it's just going to be like a more sustainable uh, experience uh, in, in terms of marketing and, and also recruitment. So we'll and, see. And we'll more see. inclusive. And more inclusive. More inc yes. More inclusive. Yeah. A hundred percent. All right. I want to wrap up here by, um, hearing a little bit about season two of the application, right? And so we're, we're bringing you on. We, this The show's existed. Again, Corinne did an awesome job kicking us off with season one. You're coming in with season two. We're going to shake things up a little bit. I, I, I want to hear first and foremost, like, you know, why did you say yes? Like, what, why did you say yes when I asked you to come host a podcast? Uh, so um, my dissertation's on higher ed marketing. And I put out a call on Twitter for colleagues in the field to join a focus group because I needed a focus group to um, sort of give feedback on a marketing strategy that we had developed at Siena. Um, and I just got an overwhelming response. Like my DMs were flooded. And I think I ended up with 16 or 17 people who were available at the time wow. um, at one time together, which is That's huge. way too big, way too big for a focus group, right? But it was, but the different experiences and types of colleges that they represented were so valuable that I still did the focus group with 16 people. I didn't cut anybody. Wow. And, you know, that just says so much about this little community, I feel like, that we've built in higher ed marketing and higher ed enrollment. And so I think this is a great way to contribute to it, to give back to it, meet new people, and keep learning. I'm one of those continuous learning people. <laughs> Fantastic answer. Yeah, I, I, I'll say, I've said this like a zillion times, but I'll say it again. I feel like the reason I love podcasting and hosting hosting shows is just I I learn so freaking much by talking with people that are significantly smarter, significantly more successful than I am. And I think what why that is is, you know, if I were to just be like, hey, Allison, you know, uh, can I have an hour of your time? And like, you know, you you're a nice person, so you'd probably be like, sure, like let's talk higher higher marketing. But you're also like a really busy person, so you might be like, who is this guy? Like, I I don't know. Like, I I don't really have the time to mentor him. I've got all these other people that I have to talk to, right? But if I if I can say, hey, Allison, will you come on my podcast and like, will you talk about you know what you think and 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 why you think that way? Inst like it changes the dynamic a little bit and you're like, huh, well, you know, what? maybe, maybe I will come on, on to the Enrollify podcast. And I think like, that's, what's so cool about being able to host a podcast is just that you get to learn so much from people in a variety of contexts. Um, and that, that, you know, will hopefully, you know, better shape your, your own perspectives and whatnot. So I, yeah, I I'm so excited for you. I think this is going to be, this is going to be great. Talk to us a little bit about like how you're thinking about season two of the show. What are you most excited about? Uh, and then what can we expect in terms of like topics or, or guests or format? Oh, it's pretty big shoes to fill. Obviously Corinne and I subscribe to very similar, um, style of marketing. So um, I really enjoy the content that she was putting out. I think what we're trying to build is a show that provides really actionable takeaways for higher ed marketers. So we might expect them to be a little bit more shorter, mm. um, more focused episodes yeah. um, than what you'd be used to on other podcasts. And it's really all about honing in on a latest strategy, a tactic, a leading practice. And I'm hoping it's stuff that you can go and implement like as soon as you're done listening. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. This is this is going to be great, Allison, because, you know, any, anytime I host a show, we end up talking about like so many different things other than like the, like the core focus of, of that episode. And so what I'm what I'm just really jazzed about is that 
So there are so many people that will like send enrollify emails or say like, Hey, love this podcast or love this thing. I want more information on X or I want more information on Y or how do I actually do this thing? Or like you yes. guys talk about all these things and it's like, I want to do it, but like how, right? So yeah. I, I feel like your show is going to be at least in part, like the how. The how. Yeah. Yes. Which Agreed. I'm for. Well, great. Um, so the application is dropping. Season two is dropping very, very, very soon. Um, you can, in the meantime, follow Allison on Twitter, connect with her on LinkedIn. We'll have her bios, um, her bios, her profiles listed in the show notes below. Uh, any any other uh, kind of like parting words for, for the listeners, Allison, on why they should come in and listen to the show? I would I, not really parting words, but if there is a topic that you want to understand how, or a pain point that you experience as a higher ed marketer, send them my way. I, I want to build this based on the things you want to know about. Wonderful. Well, great. Allison, we are so excited to have you as a part of the network fam um, and looking forward to seeing all the great content that you produce. Hey all Zach here from Enrollify. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Enrollify podcast. If you like this episode, do us a huge favor and hit that follow and subscribe button below. Furthermore, if you've got just two minutes to spare, we would greatly appreciate you leaving a rating and a review of this show on Apple Podcasts. Our podcast network is growing by the month and we've got a plethora of marketing, admissions, and higher ed technology shows that are jam-packed with stories, ideas, and frameworks that are all designed to empower you to become a better higher ed professional. But Enrollify is far more than just a podcast network. Enrollify is where higher ed comes to learn new marketing skills, discover new products and services, and find their next job. We're a growing learning community of 4,000 members and we'd love to welcome you into the fold. You can access our free blog articles, newsletters, e-courses, and more, or purchase our master course on how to market a university with Terry Flannery at enrollify.org. We look forward to meeting you soon and welcoming you into the community. Again, you can subscribe for free at enrollify.org.